You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. FPL marked its return from the international break with lots and lots of points generously distributed among some of the most popular players. Up next is Game Week 10, featuring a Friday night deadline and sharp fixture swings for numerous teams. Hello, this is the FPL podcast from Fantasy Football Community. I am Mark Jobling and with me is Lewis, aka FPL Reactions. Um, Admittedly, I was feeling pretty satisfied when Salah in the early kickoff knowing that you didn't have him uh, but incredibly you are one of many non-Salah owners to have responded excellently in some cases better you ended up basically outscoring my 88 points so well done how are you yeah I'm okay I mean it, I mean it's nice to get a little bit of an edge over you and not having Salah but I think it still stings a little bit I think the fact that Salah has scored two goals in both his last games. It's just, I find it ridiculous. Like, it's, surely he stops returning soon. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's part of the frustration. Like, I felt really justified wildcarding in game week eight and then seeing Salah immediately get two big holes. But at the same time, the non-owners haven't been punished and inevitably he will blank someday. Like, there will be games when... Salah blanks or only gets five or six points and that's also another good one for for, for non-Salah owners so it feels like maybe not proceeding with him might have turned out best because the two weeks that could have hurt didn't and surely surely it's not going to keep happening he's not going to get 15 every week I know Nottingham Forest is a good game at the weekend but uh, it, it, it can't be sustainable surely even for Salah. Well, let's hope not. Um, luckily, um, I'll, I'll go from a team, shall I? From yeah, if you want. Just kind of get an idea. Of, um, so I finished on 90 points. Um, it gave me a rank rise to about 700k, which was which was good. Obviously, the first game of, of game week nine wasn't ideal. You know, Salah was kind of non-existent for most of the game. And then he gets a pan and then they get the red card and gets... Another goal on the plate from from Darwin, but I think after that 
the team pretty much bounced back. Um, I kind of heard that Darwin wasn't going to play, so I put on the bench, and in place of him was Byrne. So Byrne was kind of um, doubled up with Trippier. Obviously, Trippier just keeps continuing, doesn't he? He just keeps going and going yeah. with, with, with double-digit hauls. You know, he's, he's picked up three in his last four matches. So he, just, he does seem to kind of be on this run at the moment. That's where some of my non-Salah money has gone to Trippier. Turner um, didn't keep a clean sheet. So he picked up one point. Pedro Porro, I was one of the lucky Porro owners. Um, I say lucky, but realistically, it was the Udogi owners that were, were unlucky because he went off before the clean sheet. And Porro is just another player that I was able to um, fit in with the with the Salah money, with not having Salah in my team. And obviously, he kept the clean sheet. Everyone pretty much owned uh, Son and Madison, didn't they? Because... They, yeah. they did really well. Madison you kept, picked up nine. Your wild card in game eight, it kept faith in Fernandez as well. And that that, that was all right. Well, actually, we, we yeah. were pleased with that. It was just an assist. We, we, we sort of happy or unhappy? <laughs> I was pretty unhappy, um, to be honest. I thought, that was, I thought that was a perfect game for Bruno because Sheffield United, they're so bad. I mean, they're bad anyway, but they're, they're specifically bad, particularly bad in, in kind of conceding attempts from set plays, conceding headed attempts on goals. So, I mean, he picked up an assist, which is kind of reflective of that, but I kind of expected more. He hit the crossbar. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wanted more from, from Bruno um, than, Salah, than seven points. I also had Bowen, who scored the jammiest goal ever. Yeah. Got a massive deflection. He got eight points. And obviously Watkins up front who who did well and, and, and Haaland for the captaincy who picked up just one goal. Like, you know, you kind of wanted more from Haaland, but you know, it's not too bad, is it? One goal. Um well, I suppose it is when you look at the other the, the other options available. Son, he would have got twenty eight points and, and, and those that own Salah obviously would have done really well if they captained him as well. So Overall, ninety points, and um, yeah, I mean it, it, it. It's going well without Salah, although he, he does keep scoring. Um, and when it does stop, I'm hoping that I can truly see then, you know, or over the next few weeks, how he performs at a normal rate, not a, a double-digit haul every week. Um, and I can really see what kind of position I'm in with with the wild card and not including Salah. Well, at the same time, like what you're saying about Salah, I'm I'm saying about Trippier that surely, surely he's as a as a non-Trippier owner, like surely it's it's got to stop at some point because it's, it's that also feels a bit unsustainable. Um, it was 88 points for me. It was another decent rise. I think it was up from 1.27 million up to 818k. All seven attackers produced a return, so it's hard to really complain about that. But I always find something to complain about and getting the captaincy wrong again, as you sort of touched on there, like last week, you know, went for Sun captain when Salah hauled this uh. week, picked Haaland when Salah and Sun hauled. Um, so that felt a bit disappointing uh, just to just not get that right every time. Like that would have been such a, would have been such a boost to have gotten even one of those two correct. So that's one irritation. The other thing is, um, I, I suppose, uh, do you know about the Gandhi rule? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never bet on the early kickoff. I love that meme. Um, sort of went with that. 
perhaps it's a load of rubbish because uh, Salah's one of numerous times when the early kickoff captain has delivered. Uh, so that was one irritation. The other one, I'm a new doggy owner. Ooh. So that was missing out on that clean sheet was really irritating. You got taken off just before the hour mark. And uh, to the point where even though Sun and Madison having a great time was great for the rank, great for the green arrow. Um, it was almost starting to feel like a failure because everyone does have those two, or a lot of people have those two plus Porro or Romero and just was actually losing ground on mini leagues despite despite two midfielders combining for 23 points actually lost ground because of because of that so that was that was annoying Neto got another assist you know it, it, like the Fernandez thing it was slightly dis- disappointing like you can't complain that he brought in a return especially when he's such a cheap midfielder but an assist and he got booked as well, so four points against Bournemouth. Whatever, it's not gonna. He's neither in the good nor bad books. Uh, Bowen, yes, but then Alvarez, don't own Alvarez or Mbumo or Trippier, so that hurt a bit. Just there was one of those weeks where all your players did well, but then all everyone else's players did well. Like, yeah, I do. I get you. I get what you mean. I think with with Mbumo, he he always felt like he was going to have a good game against Burnley, although kind of the, the dip in form. But I just think, you know, his his, his fixtures aren't great, are they? And he wasn't performing well. I, I do think that Burnley game, probably a one-off. Possibly. Uh, there was all, all those stats at the start of the season about how how he excelled without Tony, how he always delivered without Tony, and then the few blanks did arrive. Uh, but then... That that was a reminder that oh yeah he is still a good player but then yeah. it's Chelsea next so don't know how to don't know how to um, perceive games against Chelsea anymore because you're not that you you're quite good we're all right you're we, all right yeah we're we're, all, we're not, good against not, teams that are struggling it's not um, a joke team or anything like like you know like last season like it's not going to be a blip like last season you can see that already right it's it's going to be decent right yeah I'd, I'd probably still consider Chelsea as a team to avoid um just just because you don't know what you're gonna get from them um we've done all right clean sheets wise you know defensively it's looked okay we were we were really good against Arsenal actually um dominant for most of the game and then a couple of errors um led led to the the rice goal for the for the for Arsenal's first goal but I think in general I think Chelsea probably wait and see in terms of investment, but also kind of wouldn't want to be targeting them um, with with assets. Either. Yeah, that makes because sense. one of, one of the popular players this week, or particularly for those wildcarding, um, is Cole Palmer. Yeah, and for that price, he's he's up to five million now. But uh, for that price, it's kind of hard to complain. It's just, it's just the the short term fixtures, but you could argue that a Chelsea attacker could be fixture proof um he's just scored against us as well do you think he's, he's returned in the last three but both his goals have been penalties right so no open play goals hmm. yeah well i think with with palmer obviously he, i mean he's on penalties now and we saw we kind of saw the kind of little argument with sterling didn't we in the week you know about who was taking the penalty and anzo stepped in and he was like no cole palmer 
Yeah. It's taken penalty. So I think there's no doubt now that, that Palmer is on penalties. But he was also really good from open play um, as well against Arsenal. I, I know he, he whipped one straight past the post, so he came close to scoring there. Um, I think he's also good for minutes as well. I think it, while he's on the pitch and while he's on penalties, it's good for us as well because it's good for him because our penalty takers aren't great. So having a good penalty taker on the pitch is always a, always um, something we should think about or Pot should think about as well. So, yeah, he's looking good. I think good, great from open play. Again, the only the only issue there is is not necessarily the fixtures because the fixtures aren't great. Um, it's it's more of a case of he's he's taken a midfield slot, um, and obviously with the likes of Brighton coming into coming into great great fixtures as well, mm. it's, it's dip difficult to fit maybe a Cole Palmer in. I think if you if you if you're going forward without Salah or one of the big you know if if you have all three of Salah, Son and Haaland, yeah, mm-hmm. there might need to be a a cheap fifth like Palmer. But if if you're a manager who goes without one of those, there's there's no need to go that low as the really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. it's so it's interesting that you said that there's no doubt about the penalties because did you? Because what one of my initial thoughts might have been, is it going to end up being like an Arsenal situation where they sort of rotate the penalties around? But but do you not think? Do you think that that's probably not going to happen? Uh, that was my first thought after the first penalty for sure. Um, I, I just feel that until he misses one, they're his, and and I feel like the only player that would have challenged. Um, Palmer to take that penalty was Sterling, and obviously he lost. He lost that battle. It'd be a different situation if Sterling won the penalty. Mm. Um, then there'd be more doubt there. But if not, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident that he'd um, he'd carry on taking them, especially after scoring two. Well, yes, the, 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 they've both they've both gone in now. So every time he scores one, you, you think that might solidify, yeah, a bit more and solidify his place in the eleven. So. I'm happy to sort of give that a few weeks personally and, you know, wait for Neto's fixtures to worsen and then maybe that's the move down the line. So we did mention Arsenal there. They are one of the teams who, along with like Aston Villa, West Ham and Brighton, also have very attractive fixture runs that are about to start now, game week 10. But certainly with Villa and West Ham, it feels like their FPL assets to pick are fairly straightforward, right? Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, Diaby's in a great position on the pitch, isn't he? You know, he's, he's basically a forward. He's he's out of position. But if you've got Watkins, um, I, I'm not too sure Diaby would would be necessary if that makes sense. I mean, you could always you could always take a punt on someone like Douglas Louise as well, right? You know, he's. Mm. He's only five point five, so he's he's considerably cheaper than Diaby, like one point two million cheaper, in fact. And obviously, he takes all the corners, he takes the penalties, and he was also a bit of a goal threat during the actual during the West Ham game as well. So he he maybe maybe should be should be um, given some consideration as well. Yeah, and then and whereas Watkins and, and Cash are sort of fairly. Hard to uh, they're sort of the main ones for that, and, and then West yeah. Ham you're talking what Ariola and Bowen, and so it's fairly straightforward with them. But then the Brighton 
Brighton have the great fixtures, but they rotate a lot. Are you in, are you interested in any Brighton names for this run? Yeah, so I'll pick out um, a different one first. I'd probably back in Dingra, um, Simon and Dingra. He's obviously five million. So again, he's considerably cheaper than Kyoro Matoma. Um, he's he's picked up a couple of returns in his last five games at Dingra, and obviously with the injury to Solly March, he should pretty much be assured in terms of game time on the right, you'd think. Um, so he's potentially an interesting option. And then obviously the main man himself is is Matoma, who had a nice break during the international um, window. And I just think, you know, if, if he, he's the standout, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Matoma's the one getting the most minutes. And the one time he was benched, he came on and hold. So, yeah. you know, and, and this is before March's season ending probably injury so yeah like it probably makes Matoma even more nailed and Brighton haven't won in three matches so like it's probably not the time to mess around like with the lineup so I think I mean De Zerbi knows what he's doing of course he does but um but Matoma is quite tempting especially when you see that he's still quite highly owned like it could it could be punishing to not have him but there's so many yeah good midfielders out there at the moment and as you say with Adingra so many so many good cheap midfielders coming between him and Palmer Neto Gordon there's there's a few decent sort of 5.5 and under midfielders coming through as well um so yeah so the other team that of course has a great run starting right now is Arsenal and there's maybe a little bit there's a few routes that managers can take there, really. There's a, probably a bit more variation than there's other side. They've got Sheffield United at home next, which is pretty much as good as it gets on paper. Yeah. The next six game weeks also have Burnley, Wolves, and Luton against them. So there's a few sort of, as I say, there's a few routes there. What's the best way? Now, first of all, Bukayo Saka is still owned by 47% of managers like still one of the most owned players in the game but over yeah. 1.7 million have sold him since game week six there's probably a plan to get him back in but the difficulty now certainly like i'm in this situation what's the best way to get saka back in because selling madison or son for him suddenly doesn't seem that comfortable to do like those two are in such good form yeah, no, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think as a as a non-Salah owner, he is very easy to bring in for me. So I can just mm. make a, a one move over. But for those that for those that ha- have got Salah, I can see how he'd be very difficult to to try and bring in. I mean, for me, if 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 it was if it was if it was a case of that, I'd have to kind of hedge my bets and 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 probably sell. A Spurs attacker. I mean, yes, they're they're in great form. The fixtures aren't great long term, are they? You know, game, no. week, you know, game week thirteen onwards: Villa, City, West Ham, Newcastle, and then they also have Chelsea in game week eleven. So, if I was in a position where I owned Salah and I had to bring Saka in, I I, I would probably mm. sell, probably sell Madison or Son. Um, probably Madison. Problem, but, but personally that. I wouldn't like to be in that position. Like I'm very happy with with owning um, both Madison and Son. 
Yeah, that's it. Well, even 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 Crystal Palace away on Friday night uh, is tricky on paper. Um, Palace mm. did just lose four 0 in Newcastle, but that surely goes down as an off day, considering how solid the defense has generally been. So, you know, Friday night at Selhurst Park under the lights, the team's just lost four 0 so they're gonna be woken up a bit. I don't know. It, it could be. I've, this is me trying to justify the Madison sale that's probably going to happen, but it's it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt doing it. I just think going forward, like having having Salah, Son, Saka, Haaland, and Watkins, having that five is going to be really mm. comforting during these cold winter months. To have those yeah. five, like it feels like that would, unless an injury happens, of course, like that is solid, trustworthy consistent, haulable, fixture-proof five, and I'd be really happy to proceed with that. But um... Another interesting question, this is something I'd wanna, I wanted to ask you, and as a salary owner, I, I imagine it's absolutely impossible. Um, but United have some good fixtures coming up, right? Game week 11, um, they have three games against Fulham, Luton and Everton. Is that is that going to be a case of you just kind of trying to, Ignore them during that time. Obviously, they're not great at the moment, but you know, with 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 good fixtures comes good form sometimes, doesn't it? And and we we kind of saw that with Bruno against Sheffield United, although we, you know it wasn't fantastic. He he still picked up something. So you know, kind of looking at that um, kind of period and thinking, I'm not going to look go there, or nah, I'm not going to go there personally. I'm I'm staying away from Man United. I've already fallen for that for the first seven game weeks and it was really frustrating yeah Bruno did do slightly better than Rashford so Rashford's more in the bad books but uh, you know if you can sort of come to terms in your mind that you can't have them all and there's gonna have to be two or three midfielders good ones left out when you accept that and start thinking okay which ones then I'm happy to I'm happy to for Fernandez to be one of them, yeah. basically. Um, he is good. I I remember sort of being out and about when he got that goal against Burnley, and he sort of ended on ten points or whatever. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh, that 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 was a good moment." Really happy with that. Like, I do rate him, but I'd probably put him like seventh or eighth on the list of midfielders that I'd mm-hmm. want. Really, so I'd much rather have like the Salah thing, like. It could be an option potentially downgrading Salah, but I've only just bought him. And honestly, I don't know what I would really do with the money. It was the same with the Haaland debate when the community was sort of asking, oh, well, do we need Haaland? And it's like, well, with that extra four or five million, I'm not really going to do anything. I'm already sort of determined not to get Trippier, sort of committed to that. (laughs) I think at this stage, once you just commit to the side you've chosen... Like stick to it. I'm not gonna not gonna get him, so I wouldn't even know what to do with the money anyway. I've got enough money in the bank to go Madison up to Saka. Um, I guess the only weakness would be Neto. Like at some point, they'll always have to be like a six million pound midfielder, and that could be a weakness, I suppose. But uh... I mean, there's always there's always um some we haven't mentioned Gabriel Martinelli. You know he's. He's obviously come back from injury now. He scored against Manchester City. Obviously, 
scored in in the midweek as well. He's he's what he's considerably less than Saka, mm. so I think he's like 0.8 million, which is the difference between a you know a not great midfielder option to a probably more like a 6.5, 6.6 midfielder option potentially. So Martinelli could be a good shout for those really struggling for budget to get Saka in. He is, yeah. If it's if it's if you're only slightly short of something. That that no point eight saving could 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 be the answer. He's got a bit of differential potential um, over Saka. The Saka has returned in six consecutive uh, game weeks that he's played, not including the one that he missed against Man City. Yeah. But Martinelli, yeah, you know, he got the winner against Man City. He scored on his Champions League debut the other night, and he, I think, when it's him and Jesus, it's a very fluid sort of interchanging going on between them. The only yeah. thing is. Matt, like the potential of that could already be hampered by this Jesus possible injury. Um, although the quarter were already getting a bit better with that, aren't they? Like, yeah, Matt- I mean, I saw an interview um after the game because I actually watched the game, and um, I was actually interested in watching the game because of Martinelli. He was he's someone that I'm I'm keeping an eye on at the moment, but. Yeah, Gabriel Jesus, he picked something up and he said in a in an interview after the game that he wasn't sure what it was and he needed to get it and he needed to get it checked. So I don't know. I, I was kind of hoping for him to say, Yeah, it's nothing. It's you know, as players do, but he, he did kind of acknowledge that something was wrong. Well, I've got a quote here from one from Arteta, one from Jesus. Now Arteta sounded a bit more pessimistic at first, but maybe that's just um initial reaction uh, he mm. said he straight away has to be subbed which isn't good because he's not a player that does that at all so I guess from that Arteta's fear in the worst but then Jesus said I felt something let's see I have a scan but I'm pretty sure it will be nothing so he's sort of hedged his bets there mm. he's, he's admitted something but also said probably probably nothing so um, but if we could get an answer before the weekend all of a sudden Eddie and Ketia could, you know, 5.5 million. If you're wildcard and it could be tempted to do like 343 with Nketiah if, if there's any sort of Jesus uh, spell on the sidelines. Yeah, 100%. Because I've obviously got Darwin Nunes. So I have, I could, you know, I've got the kind of flexibility to go down, to go to um, Jesus or Nketiah and, 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 bring in Saka as well. So, you know, they kind of go for the double arsenal attack and that's something that I'm also considering. Okay, maybe it's not going to be ideal against Newcastle in, in game week 11, but I think long-term it could be okay until at least game week 16. I didn't realise how many games Nketiah had started as well. It's seven of the nine. Mm, mm. Um, and you got early home goals against Forest and Fulham. So, you know, Sheffield United... Could be the next one. So that's one where we have to sort of wait for the press conference to see if Arteta probably warned, knowing him, but um, could he give a definitive answer? We'll find out. So there's a couple of options there. Even There's, there's even Odegaard who could be an alternative route, although at the same price as Saka, I personally yeah. would always pick Saka. But even when it comes to that penalty rotation that we mentioned, no team has had more penalties this season, five, and the order has been Odegaard, Saka, Saka, Odegaard, Havertz. Um, 
Now, Havertz has to be on the pitch first. So let's say it's between the other two. If Odegaard gets a fair share of them and is basically playing all minutes as captain, like he he, he could yeah. also be ticking along a bit. But I think what probably holds him back is having the same price as Saka. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I would probably... I, I think I'd even prefer Martinelli over Odegaard at this point in time. Possibly, yeah. He had a sort of... He had a fantastic year last year, Martinelli. Let's not forget that. So going forward, there's already three or four names that uh, managers could could go for for this great run. Even at the back, I mean, I'm still a bit scarred from what happened with Gabriel <laughs> at the beginning. Gabriel, um, but they're on four clean sheets. Arsenal. Gabriel's starting all matches again, mm. although hope we haven't jinxed it there. <laughs> he had the highest defensive. XG last season. I think he had like five expected goals and Sheffield United are notoriously poor at set pieces. So if you do you do you have any Arsenal defenders? No, I don't, but I I I I think Gabriel would be the standout, wouldn't he? You know, I think he's like four point seven million. Um so I think if you're looking for a defender, he's he's probably the go to, isn't he? Yeah, now that he's lost a bit of value, it puts a different perspective on him, really. Um, now it's like, well, for that price, it'll be rude not to, really. Uh, and certainly this match, there's potential at both ends there. So that's a tough one. But even the other ones, well, Ben White's a bit, he costs a bit too much, doesn't he? He's yeah, yeah. Five, five, or you might have even risen from that, actually. I'll just have a look. Uh, five, six. Five six, yeah. Six. Salibers five point two, then Chengel's four point nine. But don't know how secure his spot mm, it's is. Been a bit of a, yeah, minutes issue, isn't he lately? Yeah, um, yeah. Arteta didn't even start with Zinchenko last night in the Champions League. So, exactly. Yeah. So this, if the, he's certainly he's probably less reliable than than Gabriel. So and I and we probably stay away from. Do we stay away from the two goalkeepers because? Mm, yeah, say what's gonna happen? The, the issue with the issue with Raya is he's not been that good, and quite a big issue. Yeah, he, he's he's been he's been really poor actually, and made some massive mistakes. He made a few last night, and was very lucky that you know they didn't go unpunished. He get again. He made he made mistakes against Chelsea. Um, yeah, he's just not he's just not performing well at the moment. And I. I I think it's a matter of time before Ramsdale gets another game. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like it's coming. And therefore, based yeah. on that alone, avoid the Arsenal goalkeepers. And yeah, they, they are they are one of the best defences throughout the league. They're sort of number two in quite a lot of underlying stats. Like yeah. Man City, are, in terms of like shots conceded, shots on target, things like that, they're, they're the second best. So having an Arsenal defender is advised and I guess it would probably be Gabriel but uh but still with a bit of hesitation after what happened in those opening three game weeks. Yeah and I mean people could even shift over the um, the the Tottenham defensive assets couldn't they because I mean the Tottenham assets the, the Tottenham fixtures don't look Great, you know, you know, Chelsea, Villa, City, Newcastle, these inform attacks. So you could either probably sell, you know, likes of Udogi or Porro, or you could maybe even sell Dan Byrne, who's I think he's 
more expansive than Gabriel now, isn't he? I think is he four point eight? Is he four point seven? Either way, he's not. They're too... both four seven, yeah. Yeah, so you could even you could even sell um, Burn, you know, because they've got Arsenal, Chelsea, United, and Tottenham in the next five or six as well. So, I mean, there's 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 definitely a decision to be made there, isn't there? That's that's another one for those who are wildcarding this week. Sort of maybe one of the more interesting questions is, do you get a Newcastle defender? Because if you look backwards, yes. But if you look forwards, well, which is what it's about, predicting what's going to happen. Um, that those games are tricky. The Champions League is back, so there's going to be that whole every three or four days thing going on again. Like, yeah, is the is the forward way to act? to maybe go without any of them. Uh, it'd be brave to do so, but yeah, if there's other options like an Arsenal defender, Matty Cash, stuff like that, then it doesn't seem so bad. Yeah. In terms of Udogi, um, well, there's a contrast between what happened between Udogi and, and Costa Simakas because there's a lot of talk about him going into game week nine with Andy Robertson's injury. And he did indeed start and he, did bag a clean sheet, but just he got taken off just yeah. just after the hour mark. <laughs> so that has to be deemed a success. But uh, Udogi, of course, was taken off just before the hour mark. Bad success. Postacoglu said about him, Destiny just felt a bit of tightness at half time. We said we'd give it 10 to 15 minutes. So with a short turnaround, once we got the second goal, it made sense to take him off. So probably precautionary. Yeah, yeah, you'd you'd think it was precaution. I mean, it's not it's not ideal, is it? You know, with a with with a game on the weekend as well, you kind of don't know what what you're going to expect with with what you know with the kind of status he gave. I mean, he, he you know he's likely to play, but then playing so soon, or at least it feels like it's so soon um, with a, with a kind of bit of an injury. It's hard to say if he's if he's going to be reliable moving forward in a sense or at least it feels like if that was if that was Porro um for me I'd be a, probably a little bit concerned even though even if it was cleared as okay hmm that's it that's it. it's another one like going forward you know do, do we do we get rid of Spurs defenders as well which seems harsh because it was another clean sheet on Monday night although Fulham really did give it a go at the end <laughs> as somebody who was very <sighs> bitter about Udogi it was Really, really cheap and pull them on, but it didn't quite. They should have really, really should have. Yeah, Bakari is a really good goalkeeper. Mm. He's what a signing he's been. Yeah, already. great big saves. There was a moment. In, there was a think. There was a moment where one of his passes to a defender sort of went a bit wrong, but they sort of got got over that situation. And then the rest of the match, it was he's a big improvement on Loris. So he so he looks oh, good. Hundred yeah. percent. And the, the Simicast thing, it's like, although it was a success last time going forward, we still don't know. that There was a direct quote from Jurgen Klopp pre-match where he was saying he has numerous options at left back and it's a good thing as well because Kostas can't play all the games, basically. It's not ideal, is it? You know, when 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 he's kind of, looking to take him off that early you know it, that could have been half time could have very been easily have been half time um so yeah it's 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 not ideal I, I think if you were if you were wild carding um you you'd probably be a little bit reluctant to, to keep him in 
potentially. Yeah, that's it. Like if you if you had him at the weekend, well done. But this you'd still probably pick four or five others potentially ahead of him this time as well. So yeah, there seems to be a lot of. I mean, a lot of the transfers now could potentially be in defence, couldn't it? You know, people moving Tottenham asset, Tottenham defenders, maybe Newcastle defenders, maybe even Simicass on to to the likes of um, Gabriel. Yeah, that's probably a good segue on to sort of what our game week plans are because even though I'm not going to sell Udogi this week, it has sort of, I am of the mindset that one of the next transfers might be to take him out. Um, and it's just about finding the right person to bring in because I don't really have a lot of confidence in many of the defences. Like Brighton have the mm. fixtures, but they're not clean sheet. And uh, even the even the very worst teams eventually keep a couple of clean sheets, but wouldn't want to actively pick one. Um, and this week, I suppose for me, I've got two free transfers. The plan all along has been to go Saka for Madison. It probably will happen, but like if there was a reason not to, I'd be absolutely fine with that because I do love Madison as a pick. Mm. Um, the other one probably gets rolled over, but there's sort of, as well as the sort of question of, oh, you go, are you going to get the captain right this time? The other one is Neto versus Newcastle, 3-5-2, or... Udogi four four two, because Crystal Palace, in fairness, their Spurs as opponents, they have struggled for goals a bit. I think their only goal in the last four matches was from a free kick. So essentially, without Eze, they're sort of struggling in open play a bit. So yeah, that could be a it's a good shout for a clean sheet for Spurs. Put that with Newcastle at Wolves, Gabriel against Sheffield United, Cash against Luton. Very tempted to go four four two, which I don't like to do normally. But mm. I think, yeah, with Neto's fixture being quite tough, probably going to do that. What's your What's your plan? Well, I've got a um, I've got a couple of um, a couple of ways that I can go over the next couple of weeks. I think one of them is the kind of you know the the straightforward swap of Bruno to Saka. Um, you know, Bruno does have good fixtures ahead, but again, that that's so that's one of the one of the things I could do. The other thing I could do is because I've got two free transfers, I could downgrade Darwin to Archer, and which gives me enough budget to swap um, Chuck uh, Chuck Wazer, um, Chuck Wormaker, Sorry, <laughs> it's a mouthful. To Saka, uh, not Saka. Sorry, Martinelli. So I could end up keeping Bruno, but I also have the money to go for um, for Martinelli. So then I could have a midfield of Madison, Bowen, Son, Bruno, and Martinelli over the next few few um, few games. But obviously, it doesn't give me huge um, flexibility in terms of budget. I know I haven't got Salah, but still, you know, even even I've got limitations financially. So I need to make the decision really because if I do commit to Bruno. Uh, if I if I do c- commit to um, the swap of Bruno to Saka, it kind of means that I won't be able to keep Bruno um, unless I you know unless I kind of do a little bit of surgery over the next couple of weeks. So 
it's something I really need to think about. Saka, he's been relentless in terms of output, hasn't he? Mm. Um, but I'm looking at Martinelli thinking, and he looked really sharp last night. He looked very sharp, looked good against Manchester City, looked good again last night against Villa. But obviously it's just committing to that because, because once I've committed to um, Martinelli over Saka, you know, it's it becomes a bit of an issue after that trying to get Saka back in. So I, I really need to have a think about that. Um, and I also not. I, I also kind of want a transfer. I also kind of want two transfers next week as well, because I also have to think about um, Brighton, right? Because obviously Matoma. Um, so yeah, I, I really need to think about. Um, really need to think about Matoma and Brighton as well. Well, I had a similar thought about rolling a transfer because simply for the reason that. This week's a popular wildcard week for others. And whilst, yes, it's like refreshing to see this week's wildcard template basically be the same as my team, but what they won't have is two free transfers next week. So that'll be a nice way to sort of get an edge on game week 10 wildcarders would be to have two transfers for game week 11. And that'd be a good way to get ahead and react to whatever happens. Um, So I'd probably quite like to do that well the only thing with Martinelli is last season he was virtually indestructible when it came to starts but now we've seen him not start and then Trossard came on and got that dramatic equalizer so like maybe he's maybe Martinelli's maybe more rotatable now because it's happened yeah but uh, yeah you, you, he's a good option absolutely like he's, he's a really good way into Arsenal's attack and if you're the sort of manager who doesn't care about ownership. Um, yeah, it'd probably be quite enjoyable to own him. Have yeah, no, see... I think oh, I think looking at looking at Sack, he's obviously the standout, isn't he? You know, he he is he is the one that everyone's going to go for. Um, I just think you know if you could if you could um, if you could just cover Saka, maybe even outperform him, and you've got a little bit of extra cash. That's one thing. That's kind of one. We're thinking at the moment. Um, Are you tempted yeah, to captain one of the like a like an Aston Villa player against Luton, for example? Uh, is this the sort of week to to be a bit different with with some good games? Or if, if Saka does come in, does he immediately become captain? Well, that's that's it, isn't it? It's it's the fact that it's the fact that Watkins is at home, which is massive. In, I think haven't they won eleven matches in a row at home? Eleven in a row, and I think this season their their four home games have got like seventeen goals or something like that. The, 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 yeah, yeah, an, an animal at home. Issue. Yeah, exactly. And oh, a Villa, right? I think they've yeah. scored the second second road goals so far. Second, um, the only issue with Watkins is the pens, isn't it? You know the the fact that mm. the fact that he doesn't have penalties and. I usually like captain captaining players who have penalties. You know, you already mentioned Saka, who who plays Sheffield United next. So Saka does feel like the the standout captaincy option this week. I don't hate the sound of captaining Haaland against Man United. Um, I think he got the third most points against Man United last season. Again, it's kind of we can't base a decision on what's happened before, but he does like to play against certain teams, you know, the, the likes of Leeds, Man United, you know, the games where he can really show off and get his get his blood pumping. So I think that United, I wouldn't write off Haaland 
definitely wouldn't write off Haaland. No, no, definitely not. Um, he is, after all, Erling Haaland. It's it's got to happen eventually. Like whatever this is, whatever we want to call this, like it's 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 got to end soon, right? I mean, he did score last week, in fairness, but even that didn't feel like a success. It wasn't convincing, because... was it? Hmm? It wasn't convincing, was it? No, and he got out outshined by Alvarez. Like even Alvarez ended on more points last week. Mm. He's um so in, you're two nil up on me on on the differential con competition. Last week, although last week's wasn't a classic battle, let's be honest. Last week you picked out Huang as your differential. He scored four mm. points, and Diego Jota got me three. <laughs> so it was a narrow four three. So you're two nil up there. Well done. Um, who have you picked out this time as your under ten percent pick of the week? So it's a tough one this week. It feels like there's there's a lot. Um, um, again, we could potentially have the same one. I'm not too sure. Um, I'm going for Martinelli. Um, I know we've already discussed Martinelli a lot on the on the pod so far. Uh, he's playing Sheffield United. He's he's in a five percent owned actually, um, which is no surprise because he's been injured. I just think with how sharp he's looking, the two goals in the last three games, yeah, he he looks like he's in some top form. Well, we have to remember that he picked up 198 points last season, so he's close to 200. So yeah, I've gone for Martinelli this week. Fair enough. That's actually, yeah, that's that's probably going to be three and a little. I've gone for Dominic Solanke at home to Burnley. So Solanke. Scored last week. It's his fourth goal of the season. Sort of been quietly doing the job. And even though Bournemouth have their own problems, the sort of winless mm. Ariola has been uh, reportedly under under threat of losing his job. So this game will be a this game probably decides it. You know, if if, if Bournemouth don't beat Burnley at home, you'd think that might be it'll be tough for Ariola to come back from that. So he's mm. going to be relying on his star striker Solanke. On his four goals for the season, he's the he's the second best forward for touches inside the penalty area, behind Watkins. So, yeah, I think there's a slight confidence that Solanke will will deliver the goods in this match because Burnley have conceded a lot, and I think they're one of the teams without a clean sheet. So, Martinelli versus Solanke, basically. That'll be interesting. I was considering Douglas Louise, so I was um I was stuck between. Martin and Douglas Louise, so be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I was also going to at one point mention someone who you said earlier, Adingra from Brighton. Uh, mm. yeah. But still prefer Solanke as an option, um, just because can't. But he has started four of Brighton's last five, but um, I'd still prefer Solanke. Yeah, yeah. So to end, we've asked the fantasy football community on Twitter to send us a few questions to get answered ahead of game week 10. Um, I guess some of these have maybe been touched on a bit in fairness. Uh, Bussing Kun has asked, well, yeah, Douglas Louise thoughts on Douglas Louise and Jacob Murphy. Should we buy them? I'm not too sure on Jacob Murphy. Um, just not overly keen on Newcastle's fixtures long-term, but I think Douglas Louise, you know, he, 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 we've discussed him already, right? We've we've oh, talked yeah, about right. 
few times, you know, penalties, set pieces. I think it's three double-digit holes now, good at home as well, and playing Luton next. Like, you know, I, especially if you haven't got DRB. If you haven't got DRB, then I think he's a, then he's a great option. You don't want, you know, you don't want to be stocked up on a triple um, Austin Villa attack. Yeah, I don't like keep dismissing Douglas Lewis because I think I did a scout article, a fantasy football scout article the other week about the best midfielders under six million, and Lewis only got like a passing mention in in the in the, yeah. in the final paragraph. Um, it's it's because he's a central midfielder, right? You know, we we don't like central midfielders um, around that. Yeah, there's there's the whole, and then oh, he's just on penalties it's a purple patch he won't he won't sustain it but then but then he scored another couple of the weekend so at some point at some point he's he's a good option maybe it's now but um still wouldn't actively go out and buy maybe if you're on a wild card and you've got unlimited transfers but i wouldn't use a a Mm. precious free transfer on it jacob murphy um from a newcastle perspective no um love the guy great to have him around the squad but he's he's more often than not um, going to be benched for Almiron mm. so so no for that Sean O'Sullivan has sort of a he has two options basically would you ever have Cher and Watkins or Trippier and Alvarez now there's a bit of a difference in price there I'd say because Alvarez isn't well, he's out a million cheaper than Watkins, but Trippier's two million more than share. So I'm assuming you're going to say Trippier and Alvarez there? Or not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Trippier, you, you don't really need clean sheets with Trippier. And Alvarez, he plays for Man City, doesn't he? So they're bound to click and, and he's, he seems relied upon now by Manchester City. So I think, I think yeah, although obviously Watkins is in Great, great form. Um, yeah, I do I do fancy Trippier and Alvarez more. That's probably a good place to wrap things up. It's been a pleasure to have you on this pod, Lewis. Thanks for your expertise. And please make sure to check out FF Community's website, which embraces everything about the world of fantasy football, including games for the Premier League, Champions League, which your, your week has been all about that, hasn't it? Champions League. Yeah, it really has. Uh, <laughs> MLS. And several other European leagues. So thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you next time. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.